When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. It's just me and Ali Moreno hey. in the studio tonight. But fortunately, we'll be joined by a few more. Nada okay. Manua and Frank LeBuff will be with us a little later on. We're going to start by talking about the Premier League, looking ahead to Sunday's big game between Arsenal and Liverpool. Liverpool top of the table, five points clear of second place City and Arsenal in third. If Arsenal lose, they would then trail Liverpool by eight points. So here is what Mikel Arteta had to say about it being a must-win game. My mindset is to win it, and I'm in, in that frame at the moment. But do you, do, you, do you look at it and think, right, this is a must-not-lose match then? No, this is a, a game that we want to win, and we have to earn the right to win it, and in order to do that, we're going to have to do so many good things because there is a reason why they are there, but as well, there is a reason why we are where we are. As mentioned, Frank and Nadam joining us. Uh, they are where they are. Uh, let's talk about this then. Are Arsenal out of the title race, Nadam, if they lose this game? Yeah, I don't really like to go too big too early, but I think on this occasion you probably have to say so. I think being eight points behind the Liverpool side that you know have the narrative with the manager, they have the quality with the players and the belief that they can go and do it, I think eight points would be too much, especially given the fact that they don't get the chance to play against, um, against Liverpool again from Arsenal's perspective. So I think that would be huge. But in fairness to Arteta, and probably myself and others, we're all looking at the worst-case scenario for Arsenal, but we're not really discussing the best-case scenario. If they win this game, they're two points behind Liverpool. Now, that really does feel like a big title race and a big push and a big result at a great time for them. So, again, I think the eight points would probably be too much. But Arteta and Arsenal, they're not really the type of team, in my opinion, who like to be on the back foot. So they're going to go for it in front of their fans, and it could be a huge result for them this season. Frank? Yeah, I think uh, I agree with uh, Nedum. If they lose, for me, it's over. Uh, it's more must not lose, as the journalist asked him, uh, asked Arteta uh, about, that in, uh, it's at stake. If they don't lose the game, they can still hope, even if it's going to be very hard, because uh, I think the, the confidence uh, is going to drop from, uh, from, the, from the Gunners players. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, they play at home. They have to win. Uh, there is only one way to uh, to be uh, productive in that matter is to uh, to be concerned that uh, you have to uh, run more, be better, and uh, and do the thing better than uh, than Liverpool. And we all know how Liverpool is capable of the, of getting during the game better and better. And uh, that's going to be very tough. But uh, if Arsenal wins, they're still in the race. If they draw, I think City is going to take the opportunity to go front. And uh, it's going to be very hard for the Gunners. Does desperation for Arsenal then to win this game give them the incentive to do so? Uh, yeah, that's one, to, one way to look at it. But l let me just give you a scenario that could potentially happen in this game. 80th minute, the game is 1-1. And now the responsibility is on Arsenal. Do we go and push for the win? Because we're at home, because we want to get back in this race. It's our opportunity. It's our chance. We push forward. We expose ourselves, and now we're also risking 
the fact that we could just go ahead and lose this match and with that losing any opportunity of winning this title. So the question to Mikel Arteta, while he didn't care for it and he was just kind of tap dancing around it, okay, oh yeah, yeah, what do I do, what do I do with this question? The truth of the matter is, it is a valid point. You get to that moment of the game in which there's a chance to go win it, but in doing that, in trying to take that chance to go forward, you're also taking a risk in the back line. You're taking a risk for a moment of transition going in the wrong direction. And it's in that moment that I want to see the answer from Arsenal and the answer from Mikel Arteta. Not in a press conference, but in that moment when you need to make a decision. Do we go after this? Do we go and win it? Or do we say, you know what, we'll take the point here and take our chances elsewhere Ali. and stay in the race. I think this is a moment for them. If I were Mikel Arteta and if I were Arsenal and I'm in that situation five, ten minutes ago, I'm pushing to try to win the game. That's what I'm there to do. I don't, this whole idea of must not lose or, or taking the point, I don't think it's enough for Arsenal, not only in points, but I don't think it's also enough for Arsenal in terms of mindset. Frank? About my mindset, uh, Ali, uh, you're talking about the 88th minute at the end of the game, how to react and how to compose according to, the, to uh, what you think and the, the game. Uh, but what do you do uh, at the beginning of the game? Do you go for it? Or do, are you trying to play tactically uh, with, uh, with Liverpool and just wait? Uh, or you, you really go for it? Because you know, first half, you can score goals and put Liverpool in trouble because you know that they're going to come back in the second half. So what would be your mindset at the beginning of the game if you were on Arteta's shoes? To be honest, Frank, I play the way that I play the whole season and I trust that that's good enough to beat Liverpool at home. If I start changing who I am and what the makeup of my team is, depending on the opposition, in this case Liverpool, and I sort of in, in some ways lose my identity and lose who I am as a group, I think Arsenal are asking for trouble. You go and play Liverpool and, and trust that you're good enough to beat this team. I don't... You don't want to get in a back and forth with Liverpool. I wouldn't do that. I would, con I would control the pace of the game and not get pushed into a back and forth because the crowd all of a sudden are pushing you forward. There's got to be some intelligence about the way that Arsenal approach the game. Don't go in a back and forth, but don't lose who you are and the identity of who you are as a group. Nadam, your thoughts on the approach from Arsenal in this game? I think we've seen over the last couple of seasons that Arsenal are very aggressive in terms of how they start games, especially at home. I think it gets the crowd on side and it forces the opposition to not really be as comfortable as they would like to be at any given moment. And I think that's why we saw them, I think, in the FA Cup a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. I thought Arsenal, even though they lost, it felt like they were the better side. And obviously there was a conversation then about them taking their chances and so on. But they can make Liverpool uncomfortable. And when the crowd gets up and the players have that belief in themselves, then it will be an exciting game from their standpoint. Whereas I think if they take a backward step, I think that plays into Liverpool's hands. I think all the guys will probably say themselves, if you can go out on, a, on the field, get a few passes off, get a few movements in there, and you sort of get into the rhythm of it early, the chances are you will have a better game. But when you feel like you're on the back foot straight away, then you have to think about it in a slightly different manner. So I think Arteta will be on the front foot like he always has been. And it's one of the reasons why I think they'll be in with a good chance this season of winning the title. Darwin Nunez is an injury doubt with a foot injury. Does that change things for Liverpool? I think it changes their mindset in the front line and their ability to press the ball and to regain possession in advanced areas. The, the work rate of Darwin Nunez. Some people point to the lack of goals at times. Darwin Nunez has been scoring goals. It's just not to the rate that 
some people would want him to do so. But I think beyond the goals, what Darwin Nunez does for this team is that it does give this front line a certain personality and a guy who's going to run in behind and who's going to make it uncomfortable for defenders and who's going to make it uncomfortable for trailing players when they're trying to get the ball in possession and trying to transition the ball forward. He seems to be lingering everywhere in the attack for Liverpool. And most of all, I think he gives this team the identity that you would want out of a Liverpool team, certainly pressing the ball together. The work rate is outstanding. The, ball, the work that he does with the ball and without the ball, I think, is outstanding as well. It's really important to what they do. It really, I think, matches the personality of Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. The goals, I think, would make him an entirely, or would take his game and his, his profile to an entirely different level. Regardless, I think Darwin Nunez, for me anyways, I think he's a really important player to what they do, both offensively and certainly in the initial part of the defensive game. Frank, what are you most looking forward to in this clash? Uh, well, first, a wonderful game, you know, that shows that the Premier League is the best league in the world and that the two contenders for the, for the title are going to fight for it and, and not forget to play and just thinking tactically, um, we want emotion. We we want you know uh, from the two coaches you know changes of tactics sometimes and uh, maybe craziness in the middle of the park. And we want to see everything. Uh, we are going to watch you know the game of two teams who are who are very talented uh, uh, team and, uh, teams and teams and know exactly what to do. The pressure is going to be huge, especially uh, uh, for the Gunners. But I'm expecting to see a great game of football. Um, so many players are international players, worldwide players. Uh, I don't, I don't want to see, a, a, you know, those games where because they are too scared of doing the stuff, they don't do anything, and it's a non-game. I want to see things. I want to see players trying. Uh, again, I want to see pace in the game like you can see in the Premier League. I want to see all of that. And, of course, for everybody, I want to see goals. Can Arsenal stop this Liverpool attack, Nadem? Do you know what? I think I think they can. I think for me, uh, Saliba and Gabriel, I think they've done well this season together as a pairing. I think they're aggression. They're obviously good on the ball. And they're a good line, last line of defence for Arsenal. So I think they can sort of help them from that standpoint. But, you know, it's an attacker's game in my mind. And it only takes one moment for somebody to be in the ascendancy for you to be punished. I think you're looking at like the likes of Jota, Diaz, and, you know, whoever, maybe Nunez playing off the other side as well. And they are a threat. They're constantly trying to stretch the game in behind. But the Arsenal defenders, especially centrally, they'll be up for that challenge. I think we could obviously ask the question about Zinchenko versus, say, a, a pacey forward as such. But centrally, I, I like the matchups that we see there. And again, you know, Liverpool will obviously at some point get their way. They'll likely score. But I think it will be super competitive because I think from a matchup standpoint, I think those two centre-backs can sort of handle their own in this league. Prediction time. Who are you going for? I'm going for Liverpool. I'm going for Liverpool away from home and it gets to that 80th minute and Arsenal does push forward and they expose themselves and Liverpool in a moment of transition kills this game off and kills the hope of Arsenal winning this league. But Nadem's going for Arsenal, Nadem. Yeah, do you know, I just, I just like them. I just like them. It's feel like a few teams, are sort of, a few people rather, are sort of betting against and not really feeling their chances. But I've seen them play against Liverpool in recent times and they've done well. I think I've seen them play against a lot of sides, top sides this season and they have held their own. So I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, 2-2, then maybe a late goal for Arsenal. Arteta losing his mind down the sideline. Klopp furious. I think it's just going to be a magnificent game with a real big climax of the home team coming out on top. Throughout this whole preview, 
NATO has been leaning mm -hmm. conveniently towards Arsenal. Why do you think that is? Well, it's convenient. It's convenient because you know what happens? Huh? If Liverpool lose and then Manchester City, City win, ah, Manchester yes, City! Yes. Hey! <laughs> hey! Yeah, exactly. There's exactly. always an agenda. <laughs> never, never with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, look with that big smile on his face as well. Frank, you and I agree again. Why is it a draw? Uh, because, because it's hard to, uh, to bet on that and, and to think out how it's going to happen. And uh, I think for, for the beauty of the Premier League and the, the thing that you want to have a, a race of three teams, uh, it's, it's, it's not good to see Liverpool winning because it's going to put Arsenal, as we explained before, out of the, of the, of the race. Um, I'm not Nadum, I'm not a Manchester City fan, <laughs> so I wouldn't say Liverpool is going to win. I'm not as, uh, as um, tempted as, as Ali, Ali, Alejandro and Nadum to have a, a crazy end of the game, 88 minutes, like a scenario, somebody's going to score, either Liverpool or Arsenal. I think it's the, the both teams going to calculate and play tactically the last 10 minutes of the games. If it's a draw, it's a 2-2 or 1-1, they're going to stop playing because they want to get the, the, they want to get the, three, the one point and they don't want to lose that. Talking about crazy endings to game, we have to revisit what happened in Manchester United's game against Wolves. These are the papers this morning. Oh. What a shot, Rash, one of them there. Rashford making a mark, obviously puntastic as always when it comes to the tabloids in England. But then, Kobe Minu all over there, the main man, teenager winning Molyneux thriller with a late strike. So, Marcus Rashford opened the scoring. <laughs> the follow, the, the down below. Drinks on Marcus as he goes. Yeah, there you go. A little dig in there as well. But Drinks on Marcus. Uh, Minu closed the scoring Rashford opened it Nadem this was the best response from Marcus Rashford that was needed really yeah I would I would say so but then I think the one thing that I don't know if you guys have covered it as such is that I think the manager does really actually respect him as a person I think you can tell by the way that he keeps picking him and he, even though he's made mistakes it's almost like the manager acknowledges that these are isolated incident, incidents rather as opposed to a pattern of sort of behavior as we saw with maybe Sancho maybe with Ronaldo because Ten Hag has been firm but you know, what a way to start a game after everyone was, you know, every camera was on him. Every question was asked about him. The manager says, well, the case is closed. But for us on the outside, it clearly wasn't. But he stepped up. He got the job done. He scored the goal. And yeah, all of a sudden, everyone had to just like boo him from a distance. <laughs> but, you know, this is the way football goes. It really is. But it's also great to see young players coming through like this, Frank. How impressive was Kobe Minu's goal? Unbelievable. I mean, the nutmeg, the positioning, it was under pressure, like two, three players around him and managed to curve the ball fantastically uh, with the calm of uh, a very much experienced player. And we can see it going back in the center and curving that as a beauty. I wouldn't say as a Thierry Henry, but almost, you know, that's, uh, that's really the nutmeg is beautiful. I mean, that's so classy and everything is classy in, in that position. It's like, a, yeah, it's like, a, in, in one action, so many players that we can name who have done a fantastic career. So I wish him the best <laughs> because what he showed is uh, the capacity of being unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's got to be the talk of the town right now, Nadem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'd heard things about him being a good player. I think he was injured for a little while. But from when he came into the team, you sort of wondered initially, well, he seems a bit too young to be in this situation where United are struggling. I think seeing him play Anfield and the like. But as every week's gone by, I think I understand what his value is. I saw him um, in the FA Cup 
when they played against uh, Wigan, I think it was. And I looked and I thought, I'll tell you what, I think this is this is the guy. I think this is the guy. You it's very easy to forget how young he is in the style of play that he has. And it also feels very unique to this United side and lots of teams around the Premier League as well. And as Frank was saying for that goal, that's so good, Kay. The nutmeg and then the sort of drop of the shoulder to create the space. And then the finish, I'll be honest, I'm hitting that into Rosie Ro like 99 times out of 100, <laughs> guaranteed. But for him, he's just put it into the bottom corner. <laughs> Easiest job in the world. And then just in a celebration with the arms out and everything, it's top. He's, I know it's not difficult to sort of figure this out, but I think he's my favourite Man United player. In fact, he might be my only United player that I like. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do, well, we do, you, he has proved to be a good luck charm quite often, has uh, Nadim. Maybe he's been sneaking into games so far in 2024 because they've not lost in the calendar year, Nadim. And we were also oh, hearing Eric Ten Hag saying ahead of this game that this is possibly his best lineup. He's got players back now. He's been able to play this 11 together. Could things be looking up for them in 2024? Yeah, they, they definitely could be. And I think even after the game yesterday, he spoke about some of the positives. But then there are alarming negatives. But in the fact that it was 3-3, you know, literally a couple of minutes before Manu has to sc scores that goal, they've given up a lead like that. And I think those sorts of troubles might affect them going forward. But you can see that he has a belief in the side that's out there now. Some of the partnerships, whether it's Martinez and Varane, or you've seen Luke Shaw back in there, Luke Shaw and Rashford down that left-hand side. He's clearly happy, he has a belief, but then so are a lot of managers at this point because a lot of players are coming back into their teams now, whether it's through injury or, say, being away on AFCON or, say, the Asian Cup as well. So, yeah, United, they are looking good, they are looking up, but they're still a long way away from where they'd like to be, and I think they'll be relying on a few teams to really fall backwards if they want to be in contention come the end of the season. It's amazing how one outstanding individual moment from Kobe Mainu covers everything else for Manchester United, because imagine, imagine, I can only speak for this show. I don't know about anywhere else. I can only speak <laughs> for this show. Imagine if indeed the, the game ends up 3-3. What our conversation would be, what our rhetoric would be, the information coming out of the studio, the criticism coming out of the studio, and certainly the criticism going around Manchester United and Ten Hag, given the fact that the game went the way it did and how they would have allowed Wolves to come back into the match twice. The conversation would have been far different. Kobe Mino comes in and scores a goal in the manner in which he did, and now we're talking about things are looking up for Manchester United. The difference between one outstanding individual moment and what is a very flawed team. That moment covered and masked everything else that happened in that game. I don't think it, I don't think it masks uh, everything. I mean, we can talk about offensively what they did and what they did very well. They scored goals. They were by a little margin, you know, offside, and they, they had many chances. But it, we cannot forget what is the biggest weakness of Manchester United this season. They're not strong enough in the middle of the park, and they're not strong enough defensively. Uh, I think Onana should have gotten a penalty against him uh, when he went out on the, on the, on the, uh, when Martinez saved on the line. And there are so many uh, defensive situations where they were really in trouble. And even if Shaw, Martinez, Varane came back and, and supposedly are better than the others, I mean, I wasn't reassured that uh, uh, Ten Hag has solved the defensive uh, problems, uh, issue that he has with, uh, with, uh, with his team. The, we might see that next week and talk 
about the fact that they lost because they made so many mistakes. Offensively, they seem to be armed, but defensively, it's still, it's still a big mess. And we could have talked about that if Manu didn't have scored that fantastic goal. My, my point is, this, it changes the dynamic and the feeling and so the perception and just kind of the rhetoric and the, and, and the questions to Ten Hag are, are with a different tone because you've won the game. But there is a lot about this team that is very, very flawed. And speaking of teams that have a lot that's very, very flawed this season, Sheffield United has to be one of them. And I say that because Chris Wilder has made some headlines with what he had to say about the referees overseeing his game, the 3-2 loss to Crystal Palace on Tuesday, complaining about this moment here when Jean-Philippe Mateta, bad challenge here on his keeper, Ivo Gerbic. It ended with the keeper having to be subbed off with a suspected concussion. The incident went unpunished. And Chris Wilder had a lot to say after the game about it all. This is what he said. He said, I was told about this coming into the division, that get ready, all the slight decisions, all the easy decisions will go against you. Maybe the thought process and the outlook is that they, Chef United, won't be long in this division. And I might be refereeing the other team next year, so I don't want to upset too many people. I'm not just going to go under the radar and not say anything. I've been to see the referee and I've told him that. One of his assistants was eating a sandwich at the time, which I thought was a complete lack of respect. Hopefully he enjoyed his sandwich while he was talking to a Premier League manager. Is this a big deal, Nadem? Sandwich or not? I think, I think if you want to know what stress looks like, I think it tells words from, uh, from Chris Wilder. He's clearly in a position where all these little things feel like there's building up against you, but I think most managers and fan bases think the same way. Everyone thinks that they get, they're not getting enough of the little decisions. And in that particular challenge itself, I think it's unfortunate because I don't know what Mateta like, could have or should have done. I think there is a collision. I think it's right to give a foul. But I don't know how big we can go from there. I don't think he's tried to elbow him or anything like that. So I don't, I don't really see it from that standpoint. But I think to come out and say that, he's going to be asked a lot of questions about it. He won't be able to separate himself from it. And realistically, it's quite conspiratorial. And I wouldn't necessarily be buying into any of that, except for maybe the sandwich bit. Because realistically, like, was the sandwich worthy of, like, you know, ignoring this manager? But then he's big enough to say, hey, you, stop eating your sandwich. I'm talking to you. So clearly he's held on to that for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it was a good sandwich. I don't know. Maybe Chris Wilder was not happy about the sandwich. Frank, did you just It was in English. It, it, it was it was an English sandwich. Hang on, hang on. We did, if we do one thing right, it's sandwiches, Frank. I will not have that yeah, said. We all, we all <laughs> if we do one thing right, we're not bad with sandwiches. <laughs> no, but... Oh, yeah, OK, all right. Let, let's say that. I'll give you that one. But, uh, but coming back to the discussion, I think I, I'm with Nathan. I think it's very sad for the goalkeeper if he's injured. But we can see the players trying, to, even trying to, Mateta trying to avoid the goalkeeper. He doesn't try to, to knock him down. We can see that he, he, he cannot move except from a little bit from the side, which is, don't forget, he's running. He has, he's on pace and uh, it's hard for him to move from his pace so, and from his direction. So there is nothing to say about the decision. It's a free kick, no problem. He hurt, he, he touched the, the, the goalkeeper, but it's not. He didn't do it consciously. He didn't. He didn't do it on purpose, willing to uh, to uh, to injure the the goalkeeper, and he couldn't avoid the goalkeeper. So for me, it's a fair decision from the the referee, and we need him also avoid biting the sandwich at the same time. <laughs> 
<laughs> but just talking a little bit deeper here about Wilder, Nadim, because he did go on to say this was just one decision of many that he's been noticing lately mm. when it comes to his side. Yeah. Uh, in regards to this, I'll hold my hands up and say I have not watched every minute of Sheffield United this season. I think I'm probably <laughs> one of many people like that. So I don't necessarily put myself in a position where I can say he's objectively wrong. But clearly, it's affecting him. It's stressing him out. He thinks he's not getting it rubbed with the green. But the fact that it's a different referee pretty much every single week would suggest that it's probably not a conspiracy against them. But maybe in time, you'll start to believe it goes the right way. But what fan <laughs> or manager has ever come out and said, I think we're getting a lot of really good decisions at the minute dropping our way, and we hope it lasts forever. You know, it's not something that we're going to expect to see, is it? Big deal or a small deal? Or a no it, deal? It, it's, it's a no deal. Because every manager, it doesn't matter whether you're at the bottom or the top, mid-table, every manager thinks that the referee has something against them. And... In fact, we, we just had a discussion about Arsenal. Wasn't it earlier this season where Miguel Arteta in the post-game press conference was calling it embarrassing and this and that and the other? So at the top is happening, at the bottom is happening. It happens in the middle as well. It happens in every league across the world. This is a no deal. Do you know what else is happening right but the, now? The sandwich may have been a big deal. It could have been. It depends what the, it depends <laughs> yeah. what the filling was. I, I, at this point, I'm curious as to... Uh, me too. I wouldn't mind finding what, that what out. What kind of sandwich it was. Give us a shout. Uh, what was brilliant? Well, I don't know. It depends on how you viewed it. I spoke to you about it yesterday. Okay. It was what we saw between Neil Mopé and James ah. Madison. That little back and forth and the dart mm -hmm. celebration and yeah. the Spurs Brentford game where Madison said he hasn't scored enough goals to have his own celebration. Uh -huh. Stealing his celebration there. And uh, Neil replied with more goals and less relegations in my career than James oh. Madison. Oh. Did you like this or not, Nadem? Yeah, I did like it, to be honest. I think the uh, when, when Mope did the dart celebration, I thought, oh, that's funny, as long as they win. So clearly from that point, maybe it motivated Madison that little bit more. And then they had the little coming together on the field. But I think I think it's quite enjoyable. I do like it. And I think Mope, Mope has been one of those players who's almost at times been a parody because of his goal record when he was at Everton. But yeah, looking at these two little fellas trying to fight, you know what I mean? It's hardly violence, is it? So <laughs> I, I personally, as I say, I... I don't mind it. And I think the words that they're given on social media and in those sort of like press conferences afterwards, you know, they're all true. I think Mope is right. You know, he has scored more goals and has had fewer relegations. But James Madison has scored more goals in a Premier League season than Mope has. So there we go. I think everyone can be right. And that can be a lot of fun. Yeah, a little flashback to your days in the Premier League, Frank. Uh, I don't remember. I think it's very childish. Uh, you know, everybody <laughs> has the right to have a to have a celebration. And if you are upset about it and getting a little bit touchy, it's your own problem. I don't understand why Madison is trying to to find. At the end of the day, he, he won the game, so don't make it big. Uh, Mope is very happy to play in the Premier League. He's a great guy. Uh, Madison seems to be a good guy as well. I think they should go for a coffee or a beautiful English sandwich. And or talk a game to of each darts. other, and they could be friends. So, for me, it, it's yeah, and play darts. Yeah, why, why don't you, do they do that? Now, but really, really, players have to grow, have to grow a little bit. You know, it's really childish for me. Oh, really childish. What? Well, look, I thought it was funny. Yeah, so did Nadim. That just shows who the childish ones are on the panel tonight. There will be more childish uh, answers. Frank is no far doubt. more mature than us, Definitely. yes. Definitely, on yes. extra time. Also older, but you know. I'm maybe stay in my seat tonight and not make any major faux pas. Make sure to check out the latest <laughs> over on our YouTube Rock bottom channel. last night, Kay.
<laughs> Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Massive game coming up this weekend. It is El Derby Real Madrid against Atleti. And let's get into this because there's a lot to talk about here, especially with Carlo Ancelotti coming out to talk about the current situation with Antonio Rudiger. He said, I, I think he can recover. We have two days to try to get him back. It's a big blow to the thigh. He is a warrior. Good news, Ale. I mean, because the alternative would not be good news. It's necessary news yes. for Real Madrid and Carlo Ancelotti. And Carlo Ancelotti is essentially saying he's going to play. Uh, what happened to Antonio Rudiger actually comes from a challenge that he initiates on Mainson Greenwood. Somehow he gets the worst of it. What I think it's a contusion, a muscle contusion, basically a dead leg, if you will. I'm sure that Antonio Rudiger will feature. And why is it necessary? Well, because Real Madrid have... No center backs left. It's Nacho and that's it. Chuameni, who was playing alongside Nacho once Rudiger left the field, well, he got himself a yellow card after the game, which means that he is suspended for the Atletico Madrid match. Guess what? Who's going to play center back? You're going to put Camavinga there? If, if, if indeed Rudiger is not available, I'm not quite sure that that's the answer. And so you start searching for options if you are Carlo Ancelotti and you don't quite have the options available. So it's necessary for Antonio Rudiger to be back for the game on Sunday. On the Real Madrid side of things, who are you looking forward to seeing in this clash? Uh, it has to be the guy, the one and only Jude Bellingham. And why I say this is in the early part of the season, we we're talking about his goals. And we were also saying this is not going to last. What I like about Jude Bellingham, what we have seen from him, is this ability of running with the ball. Powerful runs that start on his half driving, gliding away from pressure, which then creates this moment of transition. Sliding challenges on top of his 18-yard box, and he is now ready. Once Real Madrid forced a turnover, I'm going, and I'm gliding, and I'm running by people, and see you all later, try to keep up. Again, transition for Real Madrid, where then Vinny Jr. can thrive. You would think that he would put away his chances better than he did against Getafe. But regardless, that ability of Jude Bellingham to run with the ball, gliding past people, that easy running style, I think is something that Atletico Madrid is going to struggle with because I don't quite see anybody in the midfield 
of Atletico Madrid that can keep up with that sort of athleticism. Frank, answer me a few questions here. First of all, how would you have defended Jude Bellingham? And secondly, who does he remind you of from when you were playing? How to defend against a player who has everything? It's, it's, it's very hard. Yeah, you can defend if you are Manu Petit or Patrick Vieira maybe at their best at the time. It was possible for them to cope with those, but they were absolutely fantastic players as well. And uh, for me, it would have been very hard. I mean, you have to isolate him to make sure he doesn't get the ball. Uh, you have to put him outside and make sure that his teammates don't give him the ball. Uh, as I already explained, as we saw in the last action, he is crazy good in transition. And to remember somebody... He, went, he, he, strike me, uh, he struck me sorry, immediately, Fernando Redondo, playing for Real Madrid, also played with the number five in the middle of the park, fantastic left-footed, uh, playing for uh, Argentinian player. I mean, that was... That was when I see Bellingham and the class and, and, and the, the, the way he, he performs and the way he, 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 he held, he held his, his body, made me think of the class of a Redondo. And you can see, okay, go on, on, the, on maybe some on YouTube or, or on internet to find some actions from Redondo. You will see some beautiful actions from the guy who was able to go into transition, was able to defend like a Bellingham does and, and bring the ball, secure the, the, the centre-backs, uh, helping them, and then going forward to, to help and score goals or assist Raul, for example. Fantastic player who had knee injuries when he went to Milan after leaving Real Madrid. But when I see Bellingham, really I see Rodolfo. I see the same type of player who are so crucial in a defensive way and offensive way. But what do you make of this comparison? Well, I love it. And I think Fernando Redondo is one of those players that perhaps is underappreciated mm -hmm. and underrated as to how good he was when he was at his very best. What's unique about Jude Bellingham is that he is a combination of different types of players. And he, he, when you watch him run with the ball at his feet, and if we're going to go with South American players and we'll stay on that theme, you watch him run with the ball at his feet, and it's kind of like Kakai used to be, that he seems to get faster as he's running with the ball, which is unlike most players. He actually seems like he's gliding with the ball, and Kakai used to do that naturally and effortlessly it's the same way that Bellingham does. When you see Jude Bellingham running from a deeper line to be an option inside the 18-yard box as a finisher, and this is a player that I think... Frank is going to remember from his time in Marseille, Enzo Francescoli, El Principe, that he would run from sort of that attacking midfield uh -huh. position and, and go inside the 18-yard box and finish chances in a manner that were so clean. And uh, again, there is an elegance. And I think what I can tell you about all these players that we have mentioned, Fernando Redondo, Kaká, or Enzo Francescoli, El Principe. And if you don't know Enzo Francescoli, look him up online, please. Do yourself a favor. Great player from Uruguay. It's the elegance with which they play the game. Now, you have in Jude Bellingham elegance, but then you have explosion. You have athleticism. You have a guy who is a physical presence because of his size. That's why you look at him and say, and, and Frank just said it, he has everything because he's a combination of the best attributes of a lot of players that we've seen over the course of the years watching this game. Frank? Just one, just one thing about uh, uh, Enzo Francescoli. 
that was Zidane, favorite player. So we run into mm. circle, you know, Bellingham, mm. Redondo, Francescoli, Zidane, fantastic players and uh, different class. Uh, I mean, Bellingham belongs to those players already. Already. We all mm. know if he doesn't get injured until he, the end of his career, he's going to be those kind of players. That's for sure. That's, I can sign it immediately. Uh, yeah, and we know one of Zidane's four sons is mm. Enzo. Okay, so there, you, there go. you go. All right, Atleti, we must talk about them. It is hard to look past Antoine Griezmann right now. Well, you can't look past Antoine Griezmann because we associate everything positive that happens in the attack with Atletico Madrid with Antoine Griezmann, but it's, it's really been the case over the last month or so that, again, anything that seems to be productive starts and finishes in most plays with Antoine Griezmann. His freedom, his confidence, his ability to find spaces inside the 18-yard box, in and around the 18-yard box, how creative he is in and around that area, how much he gets Alvaro Morata involved, and then the fact that Antoine Griezmann is also scoring goals himself. So it's we saw in the Supercopa the individual goal that he scored against uh, Real Madrid and, and how good it was of an individual effort. But I think that's an outlier. I, I think... What he does really well for Atletico Madrid in, is that in his game of association, he gets everybody else involved and the players around him become better because of the level of play currently from Antoine Griezmann. He has been outstanding. Yeah, let's continue with the talk about the Frenchman, Frank, because just on top of all that talent he has, he works so hard as well. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, when he signed for Barcelona and I was in Barcelona that summer, I was really wondering if, would, if we would be a success according to what we saw before with Atletico Madrid. He went back after that bad experience to Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and you say, is it, is it going to be convincing to, uh, to the fans uh, enough, you know, he's going to work hard? He did what he had to do. He was smart enough to put his head down and to work so hard to make sure that the fans will follow him. And he worked very, very hard to go, to go back to his best. It feels like it's, he's at home. It's his cocoon. He needs um, uh, Simeone like a father because his father trusts him. And that's what it is. It feels that he has the confidence of everybody and the trust of all the fans right now. And it's, it's invincible. He's so smart on every run that he makes, every decision that he makes, every... every um, way that he thinks the, the, the football right now works very well. I mean, I love everything about him right now, but his, uh, his uh, how do you say, his, the, his air color. I don't like that. <laughs> well, sorry, Frank, you can't do much about that. Yeah, you can't have it all. You and I both know that can't have it all, Frank. Those little French feet are great. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Big weekend ahead in the Bundesliga. Uh, the weekend before Leverkusen and Bayern Munich face one another. But today we got to see Borussia Dortmund take on Heidenheim in what was their maiden season in the Bundesliga. It was a game that finished 0-0. The first time in 147 games, including Borussia Dortmund, that there has been a 0-0 draw. So yeah, no goals in that game, but we're hoping for plenty more across the weekend and all of these games. That game was schrecklich. Schrecklich. This is Ale with his fantastic German Uh right now. That's right. Uh, This is how things are looking for the Bundesliga this weekend. Uh, One player who won't be in it, Gio Reyna, who, as you know, completed his move to Nottingham Forest. Uh, It's a loan deal for the rest of the season for the 21-year-old. Let's talk a little bit more about this if we can. Nadam is with us. We're going to get to him in just a moment. But do you like this move for him? Because it did feel as though he needed a change of scenery, LA. Yeah, and things started all so well at Borussia Dortmund. And it felt like Borussia Dortmund, which we have talked as a club that tends to develop talent and really feature young talent, put them out there, and you see the progression and the growth of these players. It seemed like it was a perfect situation for Gio Reyna. What hasn't been perfect is the fact that he hasn't been fit enough, injuries have been a problem, inconsistency, and whenever he has had his chances, he just hasn't been able to convince the coaching staff, and in this case, in Terzic, to put him out there and trust him to stay out there to do the job. And in order to earn that trust, you have to be a reliable player. And I don't think that Gio Reyna at any point proved to be that reliable player that Borussia Dortmund was looking for. And so it felt like it was necessary for both Borussia Dortmund, and in particular for Gio Reyna, to go elsewhere. But what needs to follow him whenever he goes, in this case, not in Forest, is Yes, he has the skill set. Yes, he seems to have all the talent in the world. And is a guy that, when given an opportunity, can show flashes and moments in which he can actually be really good. But he has to be consistent enough to do it. 
every single day that he steps out there on the field. And he has to be able to be trusted by the coaching staff. And he has to be able to show continuity and consistency in his game. If he doesn't, then that's on Gio Reyna. That's not on Borussia Dortmund. That's not on Interzic or on Nottingham Forest. It's now a challenge for Gio Reyna to really showcase the true player that he is. What is that scenery he's looking at coming into Nottingham Forest then, Nadem? I think uh, under Nuno, I think they play a more attacking brand of football, I'd say. I think there's more possession now compared to, say, under the previous manager. And the, there is more of an attacking intent from them. But I think it's going to be interesting because is he going to be playing alongside a Gibbs-White or instead of a Gibbs-White? Because Gibbs-White himself, he's, he's like a court hero at that football club, even though he's barely been there two seasons, essentially. And I think that's because of the goals he has, the assists he has, the work rate, the endeavour. And I think he sort of took on that mantle of being the underdog. You know, that's the way that Forest are with most places that they go to. They're not really going to be out playing sides, even though they can play. But there's a level of great determination that is needed by the fans to have their players there doing the job that they want to see from them. So for Gio, I'm sure he does have the talent, as Ali's saying. But it's an interesting place for him to land right now. And I could see it going one of two ways. I could see it being a masterstroke and him loving his football, getting right into it and performing really well and the fans buying into him. Or I could see it whereby maybe he's got availability issues. Maybe the difference between him and Gibbs White is so vast that, you know, he's not really being selected to play and the fans are happy to see him not play. And unfortunately, that's just the tough nature of what football is, especially in the Premier League. Meanwhile, big news in the NWSL is that Asisat Ashwala will be playing her football for Bay FC in the coming season. Ahead of this move, she spoke to Jay Harris with more on SportsCenter. What do you see as the biggest challenges coming from playing in Spain to playing here in the NWSL? Um, to be honest, I would say like um, the style of football is completely different. Uh, but of course, I'm a person who's actually moved um, different places. And, uh, and with my national team, I feel like uh, it's something different as well. You know, it's not what you see every day. But to be honest, the coach actually wants to play a different style of football from what uh, everyone knows the NWSL for. I think that was one of the things that actually caught my attention. Very much looking forward to seeing more of Asisat Ashwala and the boys will be talking about this and no doubt Gio Reyna as well on the latest Football Americas on ESPN+. Plus. Make sure to catch that twice a week with Seb and her. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
<laughs> All right, extra time is coming up next. Positivity so corner with, with Craig. What? Edition of the show is for Ali Nadem and Frank answering your questions on extra time. Gonna get it right today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> gonna read the questions. Yes. Right today. Okay. Yeah, I'm well. Adam and Frank are here. I'm LA's you. here for the experience. All right. January window has passed. Aha. And Mbappe hasn't announced he's going to be the next Galactico. Should Real Madrid now focus on beefing up their backline and or focus on a proper striker such as Haaland or Ossiman? Well, it, it feels like Frank is very eager to answer this question. So go ahead, Frank. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, I'm, really, I'm really not, you know, because I don't have any answer. I think Alan will never leave Manchester City, so he's out of business. Uh, and Mbappe didn't, uh, I haven't decided. And, uh, he's, he said he's going to say it when he's going to know it. So, uh, well, let's see. And Osimen supposedly already knows where he's going to go, is what he said. Uh, and he already knows his future. So, I guess he's linked to uh, Mbappe. So what is the truth there? Is Mbappe knows if he's going to go to Madrid or not, if he's going to stay in Paris, where Ozyman is going to go. I think that's a story between those two. Uh, but I think uh, Real Madrid can be patient. You know, if they don't get Mbappe, they're going to get somebody else and fans are going to be very happy. All right, next question. I know Nadem's been in the opposite of this position, but I want to know uh, okay. otherwise. Have you ever been in a position where you wanted a transfer away from your current club, but ended up staying? Were there any challenges you faced, or did it just return to normal? Nadem. Mm. Um, it didn't return to normal. When I left Man City in 2011, 2012, when they won the league, that first transfer window, you know, I was basically on the way out because I wasn't really allowed to train with the first team. So that was a bit awkward. So I thought I was going to be leaving. And once it's in your mind that you're going to leave, it's then very strange when the next day after the transfer window closes. Well, here, hey guys, I'm here. I'm ready to train, but I'm still not allowed to train with you. So yes, it was, um, it was a bit awkward. And I think that's the thing. From when you get an idea in your mind that you're going to go somewhere, and I think this goes beyond football, it's very hard to just let that leave your mind altogether. And as you come back, that drive into work just feels that little bit longer. That training session doesn't feel as fun anymore. And it's like, well, the countdown's on till the 1st of January anyway. What, what, hold, wait, hang on what? a minute. Nadem, I know, in this situation, <laughs> packed his big black bag, <laughs> left the training ground, yeah. saying goodbye to everyone, uh -huh. and then trundled yep. back in the next day. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hi, it's Just me, everyone. Kidding. Hello. I'm you back. <laughs> hey, I'm hey about, about, about the, tra the, the coaching staff, Nadem, were, were they like, wait a second, what, what are you doing here? What? what Listen. Is, I'm sorry, what? Ali. What? Ali, the, the strangest thing about it was, so I didn't train or play with the first team all like preseason, and then up until the window closed. And then the very next game they had was the very first game of their Champions League era against Napoli at home. And I was in the squad. Talk about confused, Ali. Talk about confused. Like, how am I here? What is this? But what about the fickleness of why you were in the squad as well, Nadem? Well, you know, it's always nice to be a homegrown player. You know, I guess you were. Uh, guess you a nice spot on a bench. You know what I mean? Do the right thing, guys. Do the right thing. I tell you about doing the right thing. 
Now Natum has moved away from the uh, kitchen background into something different. Memory lane. Yeah, well, I guess so. Memory lane, yeah. yeah. He used to have the salad bowl behind him with yep. the uh, dining table yeah, and the sunset, kitchen table. Yeah. And it was selling sunset behind him. Uh, absolutely, yeah. they were selling something. <laughs> and I can now bring it back we if got... you want, Ale. If you want oh, it, I'll bring I, it back. No. Oh, bring no, it back. no, no, no. I like memory lane. No, memory lane is nice. Look, look at you, young Natum. Right behind your right shoulder. Has, oh. has memory lane featured yet? No, I think that's that's the well, first time that we've seen it. Can we talk through mm. some of these photographs behind you then, Nadem? Yeah, you can do if you want. I think the most important one, realistically, is this one. I think this kind of represents who I am as a person. Really Bad aggressive. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then there's obviously <laughs> this one. This is the last thing I won in my career. This was me at the age of nine. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, as you can see, it's my family up here. And there's something just to the side, but I'll, but, I'll, but I'll save it. I'll save the thing to the side for a, for a later edition of the show. No, no, you quite no, enjoy no. It. Can, can you read the quote the that quote is in the picture behind you that we can't quite see on camera? Okay, so Jurgen Klopp is laughing whilst looking at me and he says, I'm not sure if you've played football before, but these kind of things happen. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's great times, yeah. Was that well, <laughs> great times. Was that well working for ESPN? <laughs> yes, yes, of course it was, yeah. Of course it was. You know, it's great to have access, but it's not so great when the access is like, well, what's he doing here? Who are you? Okay, okay honestly, so, as well, I spoke with him after the Fulham game uh, in the Cup, and that was the day before he said he's had enough. So I don't know if we're connecting the dots here or whether I'm the real problem for him because it's like, how is this guy still here? Enough is enough. Uh, yeah. Nadem, quick, another quick question, Nadem. Did Jurgen Klopp have the same reaction that the coaching staff had at Manchester City when you showed up? Is that, is, it, it, it's like, uh, who, who are you and what are you doing here? No, to be honest, Sally, the worst, the worst thing about it realistically was after the first time when it happened, like I understood how funny it was that he asked it. And that's why the video went out and I really enjoyed it. He didn't mean any malice or whatever. And it turns into a story. But the next time I was with Liverpool was like two weeks later. And some of the coach, some of the coaching staff, media team, they know who I was. But I dread to think what it was like when they were trying to explain to him who I was. Because why should he care? Why should he care? I'm nobody <laughs> at all. You know, I played, but like... Champions listen, League player for Man City. <laughs> well, you're you're oh, somebody one, to one. me, Nadem. You're somebody oh, to you. me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ale. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, somebody yes. to all of us. We love and, you, and, we love you. Yeah. We don't care about the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? All right, Frank. Thoughts on Broya's loan to Fulham? Uh, well, I guess <laughs> it's a good thing for, 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 for the player because uh, I don't think he's going to have a chance to play. But, uh, I mean, we have so many strikers at Chelsea that we can afford to let Broya go to Fulham. <laughs> but the thing is, Broya doesn't score goals, so uh, what can I say? You know, good luck for, to him and maybe he comes, by, he, comes, he comes back more experienced and that will help Chelsea. Can I just say something? The delay on the line to Frank today is longer than Nadam's time away from Manchester City. <laughs> 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 He'll laugh in a minute. All right. What are yes, Nadam's we, are, we yeah. have like three seconds delay, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think so. What are Nadam's predictions for the upcoming Africa Cup of Nations? Um, Predictions-wise, I think it's, it's, yeah. been, it's been a wild tournament, obviously. But being somebody born in Nigeria, 
now Nigeria are in the semi-final and they'll be playing against either Cape Verde or South Africa. I kind of like their chances. So, you know, it's been a good tournament for me personally so far, seeing Ghana go crashing out, seeing Nigeria win some games. So yeah, I think, I think this year they can do it, especially since all the top seeds are already out. There we go. For Frank, would Chelsea of your time beat this current Chelsea team and what would be the score? <laughs> That's insulting my, uh, my, uh, my former partners and my former team, uh, saying that, uh, even asking the question, even just asking the question, yeah, we'll murder them. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, and... Uh, like after five minutes, they will so, be so scared of some players and we, we, we put so much pressure on them and with the talents of the players that we had in front, oh, it could have been, you know, a big time score. Like, I would say, I'm pretty sure to keep the clean sheet first. That's for sure, because they can't score goal. I would say a 5 nil. Is it? <laughs> I have to imagine that Frank looks at the, at the players that Chelsea would have in the attack and he's defending and he's like, really? This, you, this, are, this is the guy that you're bringing around to try to score goals Frank could be packing his black bag and leaving. <laughs> like, I'm not putting up with this. He, I think Frank would walk off and say, this is disrespectful. Why am I even here? Do, do you know who I am? I think yeah. he thinks that when he comes on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Waste, waste of time. Waste of time, Ali. Yes, yes. yes, absolutely, Frank. I'm with you. Uh, last question. After seeing the video of Arturo Vidal being introduced at his Colo Colo unveiling, what's the craziest unveiling that you've witnessed at one of your clubs? Mm. Where they announce the player. Anything that stands out to you, Frank? Hmm. Uh, well, you know what? When I signed for Chelsea, I remember that, that the players' bar for a friendly game, Dennis Wise and John Spencer came to say hi to me on the names of the older players. And I said, we are pretty small in that team. I don't th I'm not sure we're going to score goals with a header. <laughs> and I couldn't understand a, Sp a Scottish guy talking and a Cockney guy talking. And I said, well, it's going to be hard to score goals with header and it's going to be very hard for me to understand English. That's what I thought, but that's the only thing I can remember about. Nathan? Um, I think this is slightly different to the question in some ways, but I think when City first got taken over and Robinho turns up in Manchester but then heads to the other side of it, you know, thinking, why is this team wearing blue? I thought it was signing somewhere red. I think that's a pretty funny unveiling, to be honest. Here's this new star player that has no idea where he's just signed, but he's going to change the face of the future and the future of the football <laughs> club forever. Robinho, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in terms of unveiling in Major League Soccer, I, I think a, a changing moment, a pivotal moment for Major League Soccer was the introduction of David Beckham. Now, it wasn't the LA Galaxy introducing, uh, or it wasn't just the LA Galaxy introducing David Beckham, it was Major League Soccer introducing David Beckham. Now, for people on the outside, that may have been very normal, but for those of us that were playing in the league, it's like, wait, 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 wait a second. Why is the league going crazy about introducing a player for a, an individual team? So if you were not part of the LA Galaxy, you began to get the idea and understand <laughs> there may 
may be some preferential treatment here. <laughs> there may be yeah. some interest here in that the LA Galaxy does well so that the league can get a different type of profile. So never mind whatever Houston one was doing or Real Salt Lake or this team or that mm. team or that Columbus Crew, so on and so forth. As long as the LA Galaxy are taken care of, everything is great. That's certainly the feeling that you got watching from afar as a player in the league. It was a celebration of the LA Galaxy and David Beckham and MLS as if the LA Galaxy and David Beckham were the whole of MLS and not anybody else. All right, yes, well, why didn't you get that treatment, LA? Well, because I'm not nearly as good looking as David Beckham. <laughs> and I cannot, I cannot bend the ball like Beckham. <laughs> I am not the marketing machine that is David Beckham and not the player that David Beckham is. You know Beckham what? Has. But I have a lot of heart. I have a lot of heart. You're of somebody heart. to you, us. You did for us. Yes, somebody to us. Somebody for us. Thank you. Thank you. We'll end it on a high note. Yeah. From the positivity corner tonight on Extra <laughs> Time. Thanks for sending yeah. in your questions. I don't want to be in that positivity corner. Craig's over there. <laughs> the guys will be back tomorrow to look back on all the day's action. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.